Hey, today's daf is daf Ayin Zayin, and we begin a few lines down. So we last year we were looking at the things that do not override saving someone's life, right? So this is we said um damim. So the Gemara now discusses shichud damim. So where do we see this? Amar Chanina. Manita Amar can we see she? We see the mission says shein mitrapim b'shvichud damim that that curing or saving someone by killing somebody else you cannot do. And this relates to the mission of a woman is having difficulty in childbirth. And, and it says, before the child has started coming out, then you can, it says, the, the midwife can come and kill the baby to save the mother. However, the continuation is, once the majority of the child has started coming out, you cannot kill the baby in order to save the mother. You, can, you cannot uh, override one life to kill another life, to, to save another life. Okay? So, and it says, and This is an interesting thing. Not only can you not save your life, if someone says, okay, I'll like you kill so-and-so, or I'll kill you, okay? even if he says, I want you to rob so-and-so of his money, also you still cannot do that. That's what the Shami says here. Because he can't save yourself with some, someone else's property. Okay? Not sure how we pass it, but this is what the way the Yerushalmi brings it down. Now, we're talking about to save himself within Israel is Asur, but Israel to save himself with Avakachavim is Mutar. What are you talking about here? Rav Chaim says it's possible we're talking about the din of Mammon, not with life. Okay, says, because the Gezel, because the Shiva Mitzvah Ben Noach for Anochri is much more Hamor. He's he's Yerag for Anochri even for Gezel. So that's why Anochri can't save himself with the money of an Israel, but other way around it would be okay. Okay? Uh, fine, let's continue. What are we talking about here? We're talking about can you save the life of a Gadol? With the life of a katan who's being rodef. Okay? Um, so now the question is, why is that? Because you might think it's different. Let me read Ruchaim, meaning, in others, is it like any other case of a rodef? Where if someone's running to save, to, to kill somebody else, you can kill the pursuer to save the life of the person who's being pursued? Or maybe it's different. Maybe because it's a katan and not the mitzvah who's doing the tracing now, since we cannot punish him, because he's too young, maybe the din of say, killing a rodef is like a like a din of uh, the baiting executes. It's like a punishment. And maybe because it's a kata, and I can't execute a punishment for a kata. You hear the question? Meaning it's not, you. there's two ways to understand it. Is it a din in saving the life of another person? You can save him by killing somebody else. Or is this like a din in the punishment of a rodef? And because it's, it's a kata, and you can't execute a punishment. It's not baronshin, so you can't kill the kata. So we say, hey, Tiv Ramir, what are you talking about? Didn't we see this? Once a child is mostly come out, it says, once a child already started coming out, you see the, the, the assumption here is that Tinok is now, if you like, Rodef Acharimo. It's, it's, it is um, almost compromising the life of the mother killing, and you kill Sak, he still can't touch the child. So the Gemara tries to draw a conclusion from here. Or it try and imply that you, if a katan is being wrought, if you can't kill a katan to save the niruduf, the person who's being, um, whose life's at risk. And Riosi says, no, Babu says, what are you talking about? B'shem Rab Chista. it's a different case of childbirth. Shniyahi, taman she'ein at yodea mi horeged mi. 
it's different. In other words, if someone's chasing somebody else, you know it's quite clear who's the one pursuing and who's the pursued. Once the child has come mostly into the world, and both the mother and the child are potentially at risk, we don't know, we cannot define who the Rodif and the Dirdaf is. That's why you can't kill the, the, the child that's mostly coming out to save the mother in that context. Okay, so you can't be, therefore you can't be a Raya in the case of a Kantan who's a Rodef, whether you can kill the Rodef or not. Okay, uh, now, Master Barabalaza ben Dama. Now, there's different gears out here in the, in the Tosefta and the, um, and the, and the Bavli. They said it was, it was, uh, ben, the ben Dama ben Achotosh Rabbi Ishmael. Okay, Shanachshu Nachash, and it was bitten by a snake. Uba Yaakov Ishkfar, he got Sama Mishem, Mishem, Mishel Yishu Pandira. Okay. However, again, both in the Tosef and the Babli actually say here that it's actually he was from Sachanya. In other words, not from Ishkvah Sachanya. And it can, comes out, it says the reporter. Now, the report he was trying to give is this individual, it's not issue of Godazara, it's important for later on. He was a Min, he was a heretic. Okay. And Rabbi Ishmael says, no, you're not allowed to, this, you're not allowed to uh, allow this person to do Rafua. But the concern is, it's not like Mishum Avodazara. The sound, it sounds like, I think, from the, from the Bavli way we read it, is because Mishum, um, this person's a, a, a min, and the concern is that he can, that he will be, the, the patron will be Nimshach Acharav. So he says, no, you can't get a referral from this min. So Amar Lo, Anima Virayashir Peni. So the, the Chola here says, look, I can bring you proof that he can heal me. However, Loi speak La Viraya, but it was, it was too late. He wasn't able to bring the proof. Ad Shemat Ben Dina. Right, until he died, until he passed away. Amar lo birishmar bishmos ashrecha ben dama. Praiseworthy, you ben dama sheatzat beshalom in olam that you are able to leave this world in peace. Velo paratz the gedirim shel chachami. You want poratz geder. Poratz geder mean that chachami made exera against getting reform from this individual, and you didn't poratz geder dichtiv because it says in the pasuk poratz geder someone who breaches a fence yesh yeshchenu nachash he'll be bitten by a snake. The Gemara says one second. <laughs> He died by a snake bite. What do you mean he was zochen not to be over on the thing and not die by a snake bite? That's how he died. Wasn't he bitten by a snake? So In other words, being bitten by a snake is not necessarily what we understand by a snake that's coming here. That's, you know, like a normal snake on the ground. It's reference to another punishment latid level. That he was saved from that punishment latid level um, of a, a commissary snake bite. Now, the question is, what would have been his counter-argument to say that he could be saved by, by this min who was going to give him a refuah? So, so it says, This is the Pasuk. Meaning, as we learn, generally it comes to mitzvot, it says, to live through the mitzvah. Now, granted, yes, there are three exceptions to this rule, but clearly it would have been overridden for saving his life. So therefore, that could have been, the, that was a proof he could have or would have wanted to be to present in order to get a refuah from this min. Okay, next case. So if you recall, we're talking about Shemen Vered. Um, as being, can, can someone use it on themselves on Shabbos for like, is it like Mishum Rafu or not? And we said, initially it seemed to say, it seems to suggest that it's only, uh, only B'nai Malachim can, because they would do it during the week. But Aniim not, wouldn't be the case, because if you're putting Shemin Verid on, it's clear he's doing it for Rafu purposes. However, Rabbi Shimon says, you know, everyone's like B'nai Malachim, meaning all of Am Yisrael. 
So the Gemara is now saying the halacha must be like Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because if not, let's say someone gifted some shemen vered to an ani during the week. Would he say, oh, no, no, this is not for me? He'd also put it on. So you see the shemen vered is something that people do put on. So therefore you don't say if an ani puts it on for medicinal purposes on, on, on Shabbos, it's like, it's super clear he's doing so for a four purposes. Okay. Now the Gemara, Really, it sort of kind of makes sense to jump down a few lines, but it's kind of well, you'll see why because this is taken out from another sugu we've seen pre- earlier on, and um, and it's important for three lines down, which is Amrazira that Ribzira asked Rabba Barzabde in this context. But I'll just read the we'll read it in order, and if you recall, it says that you shouldn't Haomer Shmua call him a Shmua Mipi Omra. Anyone says a Shmua in the name of the person, in the name of a particular person. Uh, this is what we learned previously. He should make it as if the person who's as, as if the person is saying his name will be standing in front of him. Right? And that way he'll be medaic that he'll be faithfully transmitting over that which we he heard accurately. Okay? So therefore, back previously, Amrazira said to Rabbiosi, Chakim Rebi Labarpadya. Do you really do you know Barpadya? That you um that you gave over Dibretor in his name. So No, I heard it from Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said in his name, and Rabbi Yochanan is a faithful um transmitter of that information. So there's no question that there's no, I don't have a suffix. I, I, I don't there's no reason for me to hold back in giving over that Torah. However, now we say relating to Rabbah Bar Zabda, which we said in our sugi said name Rabbah Allah is like Rabbi Shimon. So once again, Rav Zira said, Rav Baba Zabda, Chakim Rabbi Rav, did you know, do you know Rav that, or did you know Rav to Atamar Shmuat You can start giving over Torah in his name. So Amalei Rav Ada Barach, Amalei said, Rav Ada Barachua Amri Mishmo. No, Rav Ada, who did know him, gave it over. And again, I'm like a aid me paired, if you like. And that's a, and that, that's enough to be a faithful transmission of that, um, of that opinion. Okay, with that we say Hadran Lach Perech Shmona Shratzim. Hadran Lach Perech Shmona Shratzim. Hadran Lach Perech Shmona Shratzim. Let's learn the, um, now let's begin the 15th Perech. So, Eluk Sherim Shchaimim Alav. These are the Ksharim, the knots that one is Chayev on Chabas. So in other words, what's a Malach of Kosher? So it has to be a, if you like, a, not just a um, expert, like a proper knot, an expert knot, it also has to be what's called a Kesher Shchaimah. I mean, a, a Kesher that um, is not just in its uh, in its material, like in terms of the, the style of knot, but it's a knot that's going to be there for a long time, forever, if you like. So, the, so this is what it's saying. Uh, we'll see if Reb Chaim later on that brings a chiluk a bit more in the next Mishnah. But it says Kesher Gemalim Kesher Safanim. So a Kesher Gemalim, what they would do is they would put a ring around the nose of a Gamal and then tie rope to that ring, and that's how they pull 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 the um pull the Gamal along. But what we're talking about, the Kesher Gemalim here, is not the string you're connecting to the, the ring around the nose, because that one is taken on and off. We're talking about where the ring was fabricated with a rope. So the ring in the nose, the perforated hole in the nose, and they, they actually stuck a, stuck a rope through it and tied that as a knot. Now that would stay there forever. Okay? So that's what Chaim Adoraita. Similarly of the Safanim, so we're talking about a ring that you made with a rope that you tied onto a ship. And you tie onto that rope another rope to, to hold it to the dock. But again, the Kesha we're talking about is the the rope that you use, the Kesha that you made to form that ring that's going to stay there forever. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Okay? Fine. Um, let's continue. 
כשם שהוא חייב על כשרן, כך הוא חייב על חתירה. Just as you חייב on being kosher, so you חייב on undoing it. Okay? Now, רבי מרו אומר, כל קשר שהוא יכול להכירם בידו אחד, even if it's a קשר כמה, if you can undo it with one hand, אין חייבים עליו, you're not חייב פתאים such a knot. Fine. Does that mean in one movement or with one hand? I think it means with one hand, בידו אחד. I think it means with one hand. So, so not necessarily, if you do it in two movements, it's also okay. Yeah, I think it's one hand, because it says, call, כגון זה דלו, like it was not מהודק, it was not tight, עד שיכול להיות טוב בידו אחד, you can use one hand. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all good, it's okay. Let's go to the Gemara. אילו קשרים. Now the question is, מה קשיר הייתה במשכן, and this whole סוגיה we've seen before, previously. So what's a קשיר that was in the משכן? So the first understanding is Koshrim et Hamitarim, that what they used to do is they used to tap the curtains when they encamped. And the Gemara says, I don't understand. But they put the Mishkan together and they took it apart. So therefore, like these, that wouldn't be a Shakesha Shakaima. It's not permanent. So Amr So this again, this, this argument or this flow we've seen quite a few times, the first suggestion is, no, but since whenever they camped, it wasn't of their choosing to leave. Therefore, we had a sense of permanence. Okay? So the Gemara says, but one second. Since HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised to them that they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, so then you can't say those knots when they're tying up the curtains of permanence because they're not going to be there. They're, they're prompt. They know they were never going to be there for, for, forever. So it's a Kamishu Lolam question. So Amra Pinchas no Mitofre Yeriot. The first suggestion is the question with people, the, the people that were sewing the curtains together. Um, uh, Nifsak, what happened is, they would tie, let's say the, the thread had tall, they would tie a little uh, knot in it. Okay. If again, it, it, it um, another, um, it, it sort of broke again the rope. The question, you can't tie another knot because then all the threads, you're going to have these threads with multiple knots in it and it's not right. What we do, what he would do, he would undo the first knot he tied at the first place it broke, remove that small segment now as a result of the second break, and then retie it again. Okay? So it's got to do with the top break, got to do with the threads of the top break you read. In other words, to prevent multiple knots in it, if one break, yeah, it would be fine, or tie a knot, but as soon as you've got a second break, you'd undo the first knot you tied and connect the rest of the thread, and that's, that was the idea. Okay? Um, so that's what you see there was matir. Because, so, he says, one second, these expert uh, sew, people who do sewing, they've got the capacity to conceal these knots and bits of thread there. Okay? So, therefore, there's no issue with multiple knots in the thread you're doing sewing with. So, so, so how can you say that that was uh, like a problem if there were multiple knots? So, so the answer is no. We're not talking about the sewing, we're talking about the weaving. So, my timer, why is it that they had these knots? In other words, what they would do is they would tie a knot. If, if the, say, the thread broke, they would tie a knot to continue the threading process and then undo the knot. Okay, and leave it all there nicely. Um, well, that's, kind of, that's, we'll say, my timer. Meaning the whole yiriyah had to be like one long thread. Nifsak, what happened? Then what happened? They would undo it and then sort of slot it in and everything would be woven despite the fact there was a break. Now, according to Rav Chaim, what it means is they would actually, means if there was a break in two parts, 
they would actually then remove the thread that was torn. Okay, so again, it would, wouldn't be bunched up nice. It, it wouldn't didn't necessarily have to be bunched up so nice. It would be like a, not a gap, but it, it would the pressure would keep it, keep it all together. But they remove that little thread. So we say, and then the mission, the Gemara continues. Reb Tonchuma b'Shem Rav Rav Chuna says, "Afilu Arev Shelo Shabbat Lo Yabo Lo Keshev Lo Tiomet," which means that the, even the warp threads, the couple of the the um, the weft threads, no, other way, warp and weft, weft. Arev is weft. The sidewards, woof, like the ones that go sidewards, right? Um, he says those ones they didn't have a kesher, and they also didn't have a twinned thread. If you recall, we said last time, Reb Chaim says it's possible this is a kasher on that suggestion, the suggestion of Chizkiah. Now, why is that? Is because if you remember when it comes to weaving, it goes up and down and up and down, and the thread above it is the opposite. So what thread that was parallel to it, if it's down, the one above it goes up and over, right? So they sort of go like that, if you can see my hand movements, right? Um, but the problem is, this is like, according to Reb Chaim's explanation, this potentially is a kasher of Chizkiah, because if they actually removed a thread that had a tear in it, then you're going to have a tiomet. You're going to have two threads. Because if you're taking up a thread in between, again, odd, even, odd, even, they're going to actually be twinned together. So that's, that's why, if we remember when we learned it before, that was potentially a kasha. Okay, let's continue. Tanya, Rebi, Hoshaya, Chotel, Shotzmarim, or Tatilia, Shotzmarim, Koreo, Matil, Bedvachli, Kshor. And this again was part of the Sulu we learned previously. And, um, and that is, if you've got a, like a basket made of woven, like, uh, palm leaves, or patilia shel tamarim, or a, and it contains tamarim inside it, or patilia shel tamarim, we can kore, I can tear it apart and undo it, provided I don't tie it together. What's this mean? I'll read Rav Chaim. He says, you can tear the kisu on Shabbos. Perush hatam, why? Mishum denas It's like breaking up a barrel. And we said that Hanina nahalam a perek chavit. You can break a barrel to get its contents. Find a time at the mekalkalhu. Because it's mekalkel, it's destructive. Now, even though mekalkel is usually asumi the rabbanan, that's why it comes to all the sugas. We discussed it before of breaking up a packaging and things like that in order to get food from inside. Right, let's continue. So here's what I want to read. Rukhaim that brings explains all the different dargot, if you like, the levels of what a kesher is Chaim Medoraita, the Rabbanan, or Mutalagamri. So I'd read Rukhaim inside now. He says, Elu Ksharim You have certain Ksharim that aren't permanent, like a kesher shukmarim, like we said, like the knot that goes in the ring, that's part of the ring that goes around the, the, through, I should say, the nose of the Gamalim. Hilkach lefon yachayim Medoraita. Mashma what? Dichiyub leika. You don't have a korban or mita if someone did this. Ha Israelika Ksuika, it could still be Asumidarabanan, meaning Bainu Ksharim Shusafamli Tiran. A kesha that you're going to ultimately undo, Mikoma Komenichin calls man uhem kachlizman kavua, umichse keshishurakaima. Meaning if you've got a knot that even though you're going to eventually undo it, so it's not like the one around the, the camel's nose that's going to be there like till that camel dies, but since you're going to leave it there for a long period of line, time, it looks like a Kesha Shakaima and therefore it's Asumida Rabbanan. Okay. Inami alternatively, Kesha Shakaima va inomasa uma, or it could be an, it could be a Kesha Shakaima, but it's not an expert nod. Okay. In this way, it's Patur Avalasu. Okay. Vyesh Sharim, by the way, the different, this is Machluk Rishonim exactly 
Oh, the distinction of Babbitt's ring. There is certain knots you can even do. You can tie these on Shabbos. These are ones that are like shoelaces that are designed to, uh, to tie up and undo um, within short periods of time. Also, for example, like the, 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 like if someone's got a robe or something and there's a, they, they tie something around them, and they're going to take it off and on. That type of thing is temporary. But call Elu Holech whenever I could going to explain. So let's have a look. Kusha Isha Miftechei Chaluka, Chaluk, Bechutei Svacha Shapiskaya, Apsikaya, sorry. Actually, let's explain one by one. The first is the Miftechei Chaluka, the way that Batinura explains it, is, is that, the, that she would pull across her garment on the top and tie it together. Okay. And on so from against against one shoulder, and then do the same on the other shoulder. That's where Bartun explains. You see in the in the Gemara, it's not going to be exactly that way. But the idea is, is this is something that she she's poteach like kosher or matir. It's part of her clothing. Okay, v'chute svacha. That is if she has a headnet, like a like a what do you call now beanies, I think. Um, and they and to, to tighten it, she would um you know tie tie something there. Or, or the next is shel psikaya, which is like a thick belt. Brotot minal the sandal. This is straps on one sandal or shoes. So a nod is like the like a leather water bottle, and then sort of bunch up the corners and tie them together to you know to to, to to seal it. Okay, exactly what knots we're talking about, Mr. Shem. I think we see it in the Gemara. If not, I will discuss it. I'll bring it. I'll mention it tomorrow. I'm not sure if we see it. Um, let's continue. And the Kedar Shabbasar is like when you used to tie something like a cover over a pot with something and then a tie it, tie it, tie it, like tie it down as a lid. All these things are, again, temporary type of uh, knots and that wouldn't be a problem. So if you have an enclosure of an animal to stop the animal from escaping rather than a gate, they would just simply tie a rope across the edge of it. Okay. That type of thing is like a door. It's to open and close. So therefore, there's nothing problem tying across there. When it comes to a bucket, let's say someone needed to lower a bucket down to get water, they can tie it to their belt, but they can't do it to a rope. Okay, because the concern is they might leave it there, but something of expense like a belt is not going to leave it there attached. Okay, it could end up being shakaima when it comes to a rope. However, Rabbi Yehuda's matter will see if the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda tomorrow. Klalama Rabbi Yehuda, call Keshashen Shakaima in Chavimalai, Allah, any Keshashen Shakaima, you're not Chayv on it. Exactly what's Rabbi Yehuda answering, we'll see tomorrow, Mitzvah. Okay, Amar Chizkia, Mafteach. What's this mafteach haluka? He says it can't be talking about a normal way of clothing, opening, closing, clo- close, like, I don't know, like a button or something, because that's obvious. Ella must be imreshum madbikola chaluk. We're talking about some sort of edging of a chaluk, and it's tied to it. Now, you might think, oh, it should be choshish, that that's going to be a type of permanent knot, um, and the, so therefore you're not going to have to be choshish. And, and however, Yossi says, mafteach haluk shu asui kemin dapim. What that is, Reb Rukhaim explains, a bit like a shirt like us, like we have, our type of clothing. So in other words, it's split in the middle and they're tied together uh, and fasten it together in that way down the, down the center. Now, the, you might think you can't do that because it's possible to actually remove it while it's still tied together. I mean, I'm not talking about these new fashionable shirts where you have to like peel them off your skin to, ta- you know, to take them off. I'm talking about like normal shirts, right? Where it's, where it's loose fitting, you don't have to necessarily undo all the buttons to take it off. So you might be concerned that to keep it, um, Rebchaim says here, it says, um, do, 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 where is it? Um, 
Now, what happens if the nose of a shoe comes out? Now, that sounds very strange, right? Because isn't it all built together? So the Rav Chaim explains that here, it's talking about shoes that are made prakim prakim, like Lego shoes, I don't know. Shoes you sort of interlock together. So we're saying that, it, so itani tani, some, well, you've got a shit that says it's, you can't put it back. Mutalach zero, itani tani, asulach zero, they asked to put it back. Haven't by Meymar, the, we, they wanted to say that manda manda mutar b'shiyesh bonekev echad or manda ama asu b'shiyesh neir nekavim. Meaning, it seems to be that they think they seem to suggest when's it mutar? That's when there's like one nekev to lock it in place. And however, that's when it's mutar. But if it's two to lock it in place, then it's asur. Why? Because soon it's got two. It looks like you're mamash fixing a kli here um, because it's going to be. More solidly fastened in place. So Amar Rav Yosef Barbun Benze or Benze Commander Amar Bishnei Dekavim. You know you can explain it both ways. You can you can be talking about whether there are two like slots to put the nose back in the shoe. Ma'echadun. Uh, so what would be the difference then? Manda Amar Muta Barafin or Manda Amar Asu Barfutsim. In other words, when is it Muta? That's when it will loosely fit back in. It easily goes back into place. And what the shit that says it's Asu. That's when you have to like really force it in place. It's really tight. And that's when it looks like metak in mana. And that's when it looks like you're repairing something, even though it's designed to be slotted in and out. Nonetheless, it looks like metak in mana and therefore would be asor. Okay. Now the question is, in our mission, we said Rebeliezer ben Yaakov says, when you can put a rope across the entrance of the enclosure of an animal. Okay. So the, I mean, that which we see, the Rebbe, we see, we'll see later on this machlok uh, regarding um, lids. Is it, I think it's this, but lids lids on like uh, holes in the ground. So here it says chotamotsha bakarka. So what are you talking about? We're talking about where there's a um, like a water hole. Okay, it's a maftechot borot umarot askurim. So they have a lid over the top of it. And then tie it down with a chevel. That's what Chaim explains it. Now, on Yontu, you're allowed to either mefakbekim, you can either shake it, umafgi'in, or matim is undoing a mafgi'in, is sort of like pulling it apart, like, like, or v'chotgon or cut it, on Yontu, in order to access the water. So they agree, Chachamim agree with Rabbi Meir, because it's related to another machlok, which we'll see, but you're allowed to pull it apart on Yontu. However, b'shabas on Shabbos itself, you can maski in, you can like, again, shake it apart to loosen it open. Umatrim also untie it. Avalo maski in, which is like basically unraveling this rope to like, like pulling it apart, the actual physical fibers itself. Velochotrim, also you can't cut it. So you see quite clearly on Shabbos, there's no problem of untying this thing that's connected to a structure on the ground. So if you can untie, you can tie, right? So therefore there, you can mashma what? So it says, However, when it comes to Kalim B'Shabbos, Mutar, Vein Tzorichlam V'Yomto. When it comes to actual Kalim themselves, not a problem. But the point is, we see Chachamim were allowed to matir something, a, a rope connected to a structure. 
So therefore, Hada Amra ain't chokin al Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov. So you can see quite clearly then that Rechachamim wouldn't disagree with Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov and Amishnah. They'd agree with him that this rope that was across the entrance of this enclosure of the animal, you'd be able to tie or untie. Because again, they said when it comes to these borot or these um they said you can untie them as well on Shabbos. So again, structures tying and untying onto something that's designed for opening and closing, Chachami would agree is mutter. Okay. So have a good day, everyone.